everyone. Welcome to Next Women Generation. Today I'm joined by Marie Helda Ikongo, who is the Fundy Girls lead of Fundy Board. She is also the founder of Roaring Dose, a community of online and offline gender-based violence survivors who come together to speak out, to inspire, and to support one another. Marie Helda herself is a survivor of gender-based violence, and she won the World Bank. Um, writing competition for sharing her gender-based violence experience and her work with Roaring Dose. So I'll start with your roles at Fundy Board. So you are the Fundy Girl Leads of um, Fundy Board. So tell me the story of the organization that you are working with. So Fundy Board was started 10 years ago with the sole mission of accelerating science education in Africa. The way science is taught in most classrooms in, in Uganda and in different African classrooms countries is it's very theoretical so you're taught different scientific concepts and you've never really interacted with a practical element that represents what you are learning in class and it becomes very difficult for someone to understand or comprehend what is being taught or to even enjoy what is being taught so what Fundy Boots, what what our founder Solomon King did was to come up with this concept to allow students to one fall in love with sciences enjoy sciences and to pass sciences because there's so many misconceptions around science science is hard i mean when you go to different schools you hear students saying math is really hard um chemistry is difficult biology is stressful so because you you grow up hearing all these things you tend to look at stem in at negative light but with fundibots we have two concepts um two tools that we use one is robotics and when a child first interacts with a robot they are immediately mind blown and they are excited you know they are really really excited and they want to find out how do you create a robot what what does the process look like and oh my god it's actually impossible for someone like me to 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 create a robot and so because of that one it it, it increases their interest in 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 learning they start to look at learning as something that they want to do not something that they are being forced to do or something that is required of them to do it's something they go out of their way to search for knowledge to learn um and we've seen that because of robots it their classroom performance has increased it has had, had a lot of impact on them as individuals um and also their their classroom performance the way they interact with others and a lot of other things the second tool is is enhanced science curriculum which is a set of tools that we have developed so for every scientific concept that is taught in class that needs a practical tool we have developed a practical tool for students to use um and this this curriculum augments the existing science curriculum that um is provided by the by the government um what motivates you to um join the organization hmm that's a great question um my experiences so I when I was younger I was interested in arts and I I I disliked anything that was sciences I was not interested in math in fact I failed math horribly um 
I wasn't interested in chemistry, biology, or any other any other science subject. I did love technology, and you'd find me in that tech club, in the computer lab, trying to learn how to use a computer. And because of this, I I I I, I focused, put all my attention on passing the arts-related subjects and sciences suffered. So when I got to the university, I was extremely shocked when the university admitted me into the IT class, information technology. I applied to different courses. Um, I remember my first course must have been law, then business administration, and, and, and a few others. And IT was my last course. I was trying to fill a blank. Um, so let me explain. When you are applying to universities in Uganda, you choose five courses, if, I'm, if my memory serves me right. And IT was my last choice. But to my surprise, that is what I got. And I, I, I remember being really sad about it because this is not what I wanted to do. I the idea of a, of, of of someone that was doing IT was someone that was in an internet cafe fixing computers or helping people with the internet. And that's just not what I wanted to do for myself. But as I studied and got to interact with the content, I I, I started to develop a love for IT. And the thing that really helped me develop the love for IT was a female computer programming teacher. She was awesome. She was amazing. I loved the way she taught. And after being in her class, it made me see that it was possible for me to actually have a career in IT. So because of that, in my last year at the university, I decided that I was going to volunteer with an organization that was supporting women in science, technology, engineering, and math. So when I left um, the university, I started volunteering with Zimba Women, after Zimba Women, it was really natural for me to continue in that same path in the same path, either in education or in supporting women in STEM and Fundibots is where I ended up. So that's a very long <laughs> answer to your question. Okay, that, that is great. Um, so when you work with um, young children, young people um, on science and technology, uh, on STEM um, subjects, so what interests you the most? Um, I think for me, it's seeing young people fall in love with sciences. I did not get the opportunity to do that at a very young age. And when I see students in classes or at our offices interacting with robotics and different elements, doing chemistry experiments, it's extremely beautiful and amazing to watch them, to see this joy in their faces and it's like it's 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 it kind of feels like being in the midst of a magician performing some kind of magic it's just amazing to watch and right now is when i've taken it upon myself to 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 to, to discover that love and and ask myself did did i really hate sciences did i hate math or was it something that i learned to do i'm right now i'm doing math classes i started from kindergarten math and i realized that i actually love it so i feel like i'm having the same experience as any other student that learns or is taught at fundibots and for me that's just 
amazing walking in their shoes, but also experiencing that joy. Um, yeah. I... I want to ask you um, about um, um, some questions about um, yourself. So I came across um, one article about you and you describe yourself mm-hmm. as a um, socially awkward um, person. So <laughs> what does that <laughs> mean? Um, well, <laughs> no one has ever asked me that before. But I think that being socially awkward is... Wow, that's a really great question. <laughs> so it's it's it's... Now that I think of it, I think it's more of an internal struggle. I think it's because I've had certain experiences in my life where I've had external factors. People tell me that being part of a group of people, being part of a community, interacting or being social is supposed to be a certain way. I don't know if that makes sense. There are certain rules to being a good socially active person. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that that makes sense for me. Yeah. So I've been told, do this, do not do this, do this, do not do this. And because of that, I've become very cautious of myself. When I'm in public, I watch everything that I say. I watch everything that I do because I don't want to come off as, I don't want to come off as someone that does not fit. I do not want to come off the wrong way. And I mean, if if it's something that is social etiquette, I understand, right? Be kind to people, don't do certain things, say please, say thank you, um, that's okay. But there are just certain things, expectations that people put on you and I internalized them. And because of that, I stopped going out, I stopped interacting with people um, and, 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 and it made me feel like every time I went out, it made me feel like that is not where I belonged. I belonged indoors. And because I was also bullied as a child, I carried a lot of that with me, the effects that that had with me. And it messed, it, it, hmm, it affected my self-confidence. But now I'm realizing that it's about me and it's not about other people. As long as I'm not hurting other people, then it's okay for me to, leave my house and to interact with other people. But it's also okay to make mistakes, you know. I think I I have certain expectations of myself that even now when I'm when I'm interacting with someone, I have a sort of script before I go to them in my head. And it's like this is how it's supposed to be. This is what I will say and this is what I will say. But life doesn't life is not like that. When you're acting when you're talking to someone Sometimes you say something wrong and it may not be intentional, but mistakes happen. And as long as we learn from them, as long as we apologize, um, then it's it's okay. So I'm realizing that it's okay for me to be who I am, whether that person is socially awkward or not, whether that person is saying certain wrong things in, in while I'm outdoors, that's okay. As long as I'm learning, as long as I'm trying my best to be a good person, that's really 
Okay, I hope I've answered your question. <laughs> yeah, that that is great. Um, the, the thing is that I ask these questions because I myself sometimes, you know, when I went through your article and then I saw that um, that word socially awkward person, and I was like, me too. <laughs> I am an introvert person, so I do not, you know, talk much um, in the right. in the big group. So sometimes I feel uncomfortable, you know, going out with um, the big group of people, and that is that, mm. like you mentioned um, earlier, that is okay. Okay, it, it is not you know it, it is there is nothing wrong with that. It just uh, sometimes you are more comfortable with you know with yourself and with um, a few people that you feel you know related to or you can interact with. Yes. Um, okay, so absolutely, <laughs> I am also an introvert. I I'm I'm, I'm very comfortable being by myself and being with people that I I know people that I'm comfortable with um, and I think that sometimes affects the way I relate but I'm also beginning to realize that I'm also a bit of an extrovert so I'm largely an intro- introvert but I also do have my extrovert tendencies and I'm beginning to accept that part of myself that is also Yeah. Fine. You feel yeah. you feel that you you can be an extrovert when um when you are with the peer who you trust. Right. Yes. Me too. Right. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So how how do you manage to get through that? Because um sometimes it is really as an introvert um in you know yeah. in many environment it is really. Um, challenging to interact with um, people around you, especially your peer, your colleague, um, your friends, um, and your coworkers, and everyone around you. So, how can you get through that? Yeah, I think um, someone gave me advice a few weeks ago, and she said, if you are going to interact with other people, say for example in a networking event. And everyone is probably bringing out their business cards and going after every person and just being um, a chatterbox. That's okay. That's who they are. But find your own unique style of interaction. Who are you? How best do you connect with people and work with that? Right. Introspect. Look internally. Who am I as a person? How do I enjoy interacting with people? Connecting with people, find that, find, find, find that thing that you really makes you happy when interacting with other people, and do it. So that's what I do when I find someone that I I I connect with. When I find someone, I'm like, oh my god, this person is really really cool. I will reach out to them. I will ask if they would like to have a coffee, or if they would like to, you know, go through. Sometimes I read through their bios and see. What kind of things are they interested in that I'm interested in, and then I invite them to do something like that. And I'm learning now that it's it's okay if I don't connect with someone, right? It's it's I'm not going to force things to happen. I think sometimes a lot of us. Right. So, for example, if you're going to a networking event and you see that certain people are going to be there, like I want to meet this person, I want to meet this person, and you get disappointed if you don't connect with that person. But it's also okay if you don't connect with someone. You let it go and you focus on 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 the energy that you were feeling back and getting back. 
Now I would like to ask you um, about your personal experience. Um, you are a survivor of um, um, gender-based violence, and I mm. have worked with um, the survivor of gender-based violence um, before. And the thing is, many of them actually they are different based on the condition, the situations, and the culture and the people around them. But um, right. in in um, the place like Cambodia, we are in the um, patriarchal society. You know, we have some certain rule um, for women to be to behave in society. So, um, the women who experience um, um, gender based violence are traumatized by the experience, and they um, got stigma from the community and so on. So, how mm. about your your experience? So, how your your experience them affect your life and your career in general? Well, when I went through that experience. I just started working with Zimba Women. It was my first job, um, the volunteering, it, it, the volunteering job I told you about earlier. And I remember walking into the office that Monday with bruises on my face. And here I was in a new job, um, trying to be my best, but I was dealing with certain things that were affecting my work. I became even more socially awkward <laughs> when I went through that experience. Um, I would go for networking events, um, professional networking events that were required of me. But instead of networking with people in the hallway, you'd find me hiding in the bathroom because I was really scared of interacting with people. I would jump at the office. Someone would pass behind me and I would just jump and get scared. And a lot of these things really affected the way I interacted with other people. But it also affected, in my personal life, my well-being affected my relationships. I pulled away from people. It was difficult for me to trust new people that I had just met. But also, I, I, I emotionally, I wasn't in a very good place. Um, so I think in that way, it, it, it affected my work and both my personal life in, in very many ways. But after a few years, um, I found coping mechanisms. I started to write. It helped me to to, to, to sort of release the emotions that I was feeling. And it helped me get back to, to a version of me that I recognize. Um, can you share um, the process that you recover from that experience? Well, a lot of it... In the beginning, it was quite toxic. <laughs> it was me burying myself in my work. So I just walked nonstop, nonstop, walked, 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 walked like a mad woman. And it's only a few years into my career that I realized that I was extremely exhausted. I remember when I started my 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 my, my new job, um, that was in 2020 with with um with Fundibots. At the beginning of the year, I would go to the hospital and I I felt sick. I felt sick. I had body pain, my bones were aching, but I just couldn't find, the doctors could not find the source of this illness. At some point, I thought that I had arthritis. I checked and there was no arthritis. And then I started seeing a therapist. And she said that because I was not dealing with my emotions in a healthy way, the writing did help to some extent, but I needed more because I was not dealing with my emotions in a healthy way. I was putting them into my work. Um, yes, it helped me excel at work, 
but it made me run away from the things that I should have been dealing with. So therapy has been helpful. I started seeing a therapist in 2020 and it has been really, really helpful for me dealing with that and dealing with many other things that have, have that have um that I have experienced in my life. So I'd say therapy, um, writing, but community as well, the people that are in my life, my friends, my friends have not given up to own me. I remember when I was pushing away people, my friends would just show up at the door and say, we are here. And I'm like, okay, but what are you doing here? <laughs> no one invited you. <laughs> and they just didn't go away. And they were very supportive. My bosses were very supportive. Everyone around me was extremely supportive. And I think that gave me the just the hope to 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 keep doing um, the motivation to keep doing whatever it is that I was doing that was good for me. As a survivor of um, gender-based violence, um, do you have any messages for for other survivors or for the community in general um, to support the survivors? Um, yes, I'd say be kind to yourself. Healing takes time healing comes in different ways today you'll be okay tomorrow you will not be okay and that's okay just be kind to yourself be gracious to yourself find a community a group of people that support you that love you and be, just allow them to take care of you and allow yourself to heal give yourself time and also it was in your fault Right, it really was not your fault. It's on that person that harassed you or abused you in that type of way. Yes, um, I'd say be yourself and don't don't stop yourself from shining. I think that sometimes we go through certain things in life, painful experiences in life. And because of that, we begin to shrink and it makes us want to hide ourselves, to hide who we truly are. But you don't have to, you know, take your time, learn who you are, that self-awareness, meditate, do yoga, do whatever it is that you need to do. Be free. Okay. So I have only that. Um, so thank you so much for, um, you know, for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was so awesome speaking with you. Thank you so much for listening to Next Women Generation. If you like this conversation, please click like and share with your network. If you would like to give us feedback or comments, you can leave the comment here or you can send us feedback through our social media and you also can send us feedback or comments on via our website. Stay tuned to our next speakers.